0: I want this.
3: 12. it, but public channel housing, Project of Monster Sound. Large, just destroyer for sacrificial violence. Change out cracking the birth, and the rules of the prophets <laughs> of We curse with <laughs> guts, <laughs> crack holes, and we've intoxicated with the sickness of
4: Next. Don't you they get away and cry again? When you get up, stand up, and turn back to the true
5: trend.
6: the more side the last. I I I disowned I
4: The mighty lions from Zion Ignite the flame of what Tossing fire, leaving Babylon Crying, trying to escape this futile, time Ooh, child, this country jungle is too wild That's why we got more than two stars Too indefinite, sister, it's child And though the road is rocky I'm ready to try the next mile To bring sight to the blind man It's down to the left child We will survive in this country wilderness Swimming through the waters of Babylon Like a rebel fish is specialist, predator and survivalist
7: Fight, this, Welcome, listeners, to time for an awakening on Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennia. This is a History and Current Events program from a cultural perspective. We find this program necessary because Hosea 4, 6 states, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people can turn this around. Proverbs 4, 7 states, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Reggie. The number to reach us tonight to join the conversation is 215-253-7263. That's 215 253 The listen-only line, if you don't have computer access, access to a smartphone, iPad, uh, tablet, desktop, or any other device, is 605 562 That's 605. 605- Five six two, three one, four zero, and that access code is nine five, eight five, nine zero on the pound sign. Again, that access code is nine five, eight five, nine zero on the pound. And again, tonight uh, you can access the conversation also. You can join the conversation by hitting star 6-1 from the conference line. If you choose to participate in the conversation, you can do that again by hitting star 6-1 if you're on the conference line. We're streaming live at several locations. www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. That's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening time for awakening is also uh live on the facebook page if you go to the facebook page and uh in the search engine type in time for an awakening on the left side of the page you'll hit you'll see the listen button and you can listen live from the facebook page you can also go to www.timeforanawakening.com time for forward slash radio That's www.timeforawakening.com forward slash radio. If you want to listen from the website, we're streaming live and also on TuneIn. TuneIn is a free app. You can download it uh, to your phone. And in the search engine, you can type in Time for an Awakening. And you can stream the program live, even in your car. So that's Time for an Awakening with the live stream on TuneIn and several other locations. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. That's awakening at gmail.com. Time for Awakening, again, also has the fan page on Facebook. In the Facebook search engine, just type in Time for an Awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by Brother Ridge. And before you leave that page, just hit that like button. That's Time for an Awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook. Also, Time for Awakening media has been launched. In your address bar, on any of your devices, just type in timeforanawakening.com. That's timeforanawakening.com, and that will take you straight to Time for an Awakening media. There you'll see more interesting articles, uh, blogs. And podcast of the program that you can download, uh, listen at a later time, or even share with your friends. Again, make that one of your favorites and put that in your address bar. It's com. That'll take you straight to Time for an Awakening Media. Tonight, two dynamic sisters will be joining us. Both of them activists in their own right. Mama Okosa was a brief founder of the Philly Locks Conference, 22 Years Running Strong, will be with us tonight to give us a little preview of what is going to be going on at the Ordinary High School on October the first and second. Also, Sister Nataki Kamban of Let's Buy Black365.com will be joining us also to give us an update on what's been going on with Let's Buy Black 365.com. And we'll be back to get things started after a brief word from our sponsors
8: mister moderator our distinguished guests brothers and sisters our friends and and our enemies (laughs) everybody is here
9: Are you one of the million conscious black people who believes that we have the collective wherewithal to affect real economic and political change? If so, band together in solidarity by joining the 1 million conscious black voters and contributors. Choose leadership that will work for the best interests of black people. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and expect things to change for the better without a significant number of black people playing a pivotal role in that effort. Will you be one of the million that recognizes that black dollars matter? Are you that person who believes it's time to leverage our votes for reciprocity from politicians? If so, then you you should join the 1 million conscious black voters and contributors with members in 29 states and growing every day. We encourage you to sign up and help spread the word by sharing our website, I am one of the com. That's I am one of the million. com.
7: Antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening. Sundays, 7 p.m., with your hosts, Elliot and Reggie. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. And before we get started this evening with the program, Brother Reg. Yes, sir. Yeah, I I got you. Yeah, it's just a little volume there, too. Uh, what's going on in the community? Anything going on uh, that we need to know?
10: Let's buy Black 365 and let's buy Black 365 five. I'm saying uh Locks Conference and the Locks Conference. That's what's going on. I don't know nothing else going on. You tell me something.
7: Uh, well, listen. I'll expand on that. Too strong, too real. <laughs> Twenty-two years of celebrating culture, natural hair, health, and family. Saturday and Sunday, October the first and second, twelve noon to nine thirty, both days. The donation is ten dollars at the door. Children under twelve is completely free. It's at the Ordinary Charter High School at 3301 Tasker Street in Philadelphia. The entrance is on the corner of 32nd and Mars Street. Um, a dynamic lineup. Uh, Ursula Rucker, Brother Richard Muhammad, Barbara Dick Gregory, Professor Bayani Bello, Professor Griff. A lot of dynamic speakers, a lot of workshops, a lot of things going on. The tradition continues Twenty two years. Uh give Mama Kosovo a call. Two one five four three eight eight one eight nine. That's 215-438-8189 or one eight 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 five zero five thirty one eighty six. That's one eighty eight uh three zero five uh thirty one eighty six. I think that is at the uh this last few numbers are a little blurry. But it's a great thing because we have mama Kosowa Sabri with us tonight the founder of the locks conference also one of the speakers that will be there sister nataki kambon of let's buy black 365.com is with us this evening to tell us things going on on both fronts and sisters welcome both of you to the program mama and sister peace,
11: nataki peace everyone
10: peace <laughs> nice to hear your voice my sister
11: <laughs> I'm glad to have a voice to be heard. <laughs> yes, a privilege
7: Okay, to be and here. I think we have, we have Sister Nataki with us also.
0: Hi. Okay. Hi. Well, thank you for having us.
7: Well, I, I guess I'll have to start with both sisters, but I want to start <laughs> with Mama Kosawa first being at the is here and 22 years. Does it seem that long, Mama Kosawa?
11: No, it doesn't. It just... I had to keep pinching myself because. Um, well, I, I just need to make a one correction. Is um, I'm one of the Kumba sisters, but the founders of the Law Conference was Sharon L. Goodman, uh, Yvette Smalls, and Zakia Ali. Sharon okay. and uh, Yvette have made transition, and Zakia is still around, but not really active with the Kumba. We went from Kumba sisters to Kumba family.
4: Okay. And
11: I started out as a presenter, a sponsor, the operations manager, and now I'm the program director. Um, and when we first started, we only had one room. Um, you know, we were at Temple University, you know, working with the Black Student Union, et cetera. And we've gone from one room one day to, you know, entire school, <laughs> um, two days and... Um, something that uh, our slogan is the tradition continues and the tradition is not necessarily having an event, but the tradition of coming together of uh, honoring our ancestors of buying black of um, understanding that we all need to raise our frequency and raise our consciousness, that we have so much power and energy among ourselves that we just tap into it. And the conference allows people to do that. Uh, and then, um, be able to go back home and do the things that they need to do with their revitalized energy and new context and new perspectives, a shift in their paradigm.
7: Mama, cosa what what? Um, 22 years ago, or, or maybe 23 because it had to be a genesis in somebody's mind, what yeah. made everybody come together to try to formulate uh, this conference? What was the, uh, the impetus or the initiative behind it?
11: There was actually, it was four-pronged actually. The the uh, first one was that uh, Sharon was a uh, poet and um, a doll maker. And uh, Yvette, um, Positive Hair Designs was her business, her PhD, so she would joke about. And she considered herself a a, a cultural artist and um, was doing uh, braiding and um, doing locks. Uh, and Zakir uh, was a master chef and was doing vegetarian food and, um, looking to help people be healthier. So the three of them, along with uh, a number of others of us, wanted to promote their businesses. That was the the one, two, three. And the fourth was that in the um, 80s and, well, well, now we're talking about 2000s, but in the 80s and 90s, uh, people who had locks were being harassed. Um, There weren't as many places for you to actually go outside your home to um, have maintenance of your hair uh, in terms of locks or braids. And the conference gave people a safe haven, gave you a place to exchange with other folks, to, you know, um, reinforce your desire to uphold your culture, reinforce your desire to be your natural self. Um, We have a lot of people who talk about going natural, (laughs) And you're already natural. So the conference was a way that people could do that. It's a way we could exchange dollars and we could pro- promote our own businesses. So before the whole phrase of let's buy black, that's what the conference was talking about.
7: Uh, Mama, of so course, um, you know, and and I'm guilty of this. I think a lot of brothers in the city of Philadelphia, maybe beyond, mm-hmm. uh, thought that the conference was basically for women. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was my impression for a number of years. But uh, I found myself uh-huh. to be wrong because, I mean, hair is... Uh-huh. is drop,
10: drop it, dropping your wife off in front of rolling out. You can watch football. Tell the truth.
7: Well, hair is just a part of it. But t- talk about, the, because you always have a lineup of dynamics, because I think uh, for two years running, you had one of our uh, frequent guests, uh, Brother Winoka Rashidi. I mean, you oh, have yes. a, a gamut yes. of people. Just talk about the... the the flavor of a lot of the longs conferences.
11: Yeah, it, when we talk about culture, and we're not just talking about how we wear our hair, the clothes we put on, or or speaking a foreign language. We're talking about the essence of who we are, our connection to our Aboriginal Indigenous um, heritage. And um, I'm a, a um, I use a Dr. Khalid Muhammad's. Um, Teaching where he talked about Africa is our heart and our throne, but the planet is our home. And in order for us to understand how we are impacted, which is why I love when Ronoko comes to the conference, is that we're so much about ourselves that we need to know um, men, women, and children uh, that we need a place where uh, we can learn it uh, and celebrate it unapologetically, where we can learn it and. Celebrate it, where we can learn it and develop strategies to overcome some of the challenges that we have. Um, so, the conference has always been a place where we could do that, where we could celebrate our hair, we could celebrate eating correctly, we could celebrate making crafts and selling, and um, having good relationships, learning about our health. Um, it's it's always been that, and um, we're really excited that we were the original and the um, authentic uh, cultural natural hair show. Now, um, 2016, you have lots of um, natural hair shows around the country, but you only have maybe three, well, two (laughs) that um, are cultural-based and um, two that the people who organize and put on the conference or the expo are not hairdressers. In other words, we're not promoting our... Um, hair business when we do the conference so it's always been more than um, a beauty and fashion show
7: Okay, um, would it's a I'm
11: good d- date place <laughs> 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 a good date place once the brothers find out what's actually going on at the conference you can't keep them away <laughs> Okay,
12: I'm,
7: mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of jump back and forth because I want to talk about a lot of different issues yeah. along with the event itself because uh, mm-hmm. one of the speakers there that's going to be running one of the workshops is Sister Nataki. Right. Uh, Sister Nataki, talk to us about your activism and what kind of led you to be involved with the Locks conference.
0: Yes, yes. So, um, you know, Let's Buy Black 365, uh, as the name was chosen to imply a call to action, uh, we need to uh, stop talking about all the things that we need to do <laughs> and we just need to do them. And, uh, we hold that, uh, you know, if you are, you know, I was talking with a sister at an office this week, she said, I don't really watch the news or pay attention to politics or, you know, do anything to really engage in the society. So life, you know, really anything that happens in this world, in this country is just slapping her upside the head. Cause she's just not even paying attention. Um, and, uh, we don't have the luxury as a people, uh, nor should we want to disengage from what happens in our lives and what uh, can and does happen in the lives of our children, our friends, our family. Uh, Because if you choose to tune out, um, then then you are really uh, choosing to accept whatever happens to you. And so this movement even though it starts with doing the simplest of things, which is redirecting your dollars to uh, black owned businesses that are not just black in terms of their skin color, but are black in terms of their ideology for supporting community, for creating jobs, for, um, you know, circulating resources, even business to business. It's this whole movement is about how do we stop just, theoretically saying, yeah, you know, we should support white businesses. How do we actively, proactively, tangibly, realistically, practically do that? And so we're so excited uh, to uh, be a strategic partner with the LOCS conference because 22 years they have been an embodiment of exactly what this movement is about. You know, you all just talked about, it's not just about hair, Um, even though our connection to our hair, I love the expression that our hair is our, um, what was it? Our spiritual antenna. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, hair has a really, really deep significance. Uh, I know Afia Mbilishaka does, uh, who's going to be at the conference does an amazing, uh, presentation called hair story, um, and it goes through just the history of how hair has significantly changed our lives over the years, and so you know to have this event in Philadelphia, um, a place where we are <laughs> are very represented as a people, uh, where you know it's it's a focus on you know reconnecting with our culture through our natural hair, but also a place where all of these amazing businesses come together, all of these amazing vendors come together um, where you can get good food and healthy food and you can attend lectures and workshops on a range of things that uh, affect your your life and your experience and then attend a concert on top of it and just you know it's just absolutely again the embodiment of how we should be able to live every day. And, you know, if, if models like this, you know, we, we might need to clone Mama Okoshawa, <laughs> but, you know, if she, uh, and her amazing team, you know, we, we, we've been so, um, honored that, you know, they've even helped with some, you know, strategic planning kinds of things because it's like, you know, you want to talk about conference organization, like things are run like a well-oiled machine. It's just, you know, it's really, really a testament to, you know, what we can do as a people, and, you know, I, I've, I've been, and i loved it. I've, this is my first year being on, on the other side as a speaker, but, you know, it's just, this is, you know, we're just so excited, and, and we're really looking forward to next weekend, so, you know, we're telling everyone to go to the Um We actually, with Let's Buy Black 365, we were out at the African-American History Museum launched last weekend. And uh, it was really interesting. We had um, three different groups present and everyone was giving out flyers for the locks conference as well as some other things. And people were like, oh, you know, uh, are you an organizer? And they're asking questions, you know, for an organizer. In fact, a couple of people were like, oh, are there vending opportunities? I was like, those, those brothers and sisters are organized vending clothes months ago. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people wanted to attend and, you know, when they ask, you know, oh, are you the organizer? You know, I always say, you know, you have to get beyond, um, we have to get beyond as a people, assuming that the only reason someone is telling you something is because they're self-interested and just promoting themselves. Sometimes people are sharing things with you because it is an opportunity for you to grow and expand, or learn something new, or meet new people, or just revolutionize your life, or be able to give information to someone else, b- because that's truly what empowerment is. So we were empowering ourselves, we were empowering the Locks Conference, and mm-hmm. and everything. And again, we're just so excited. So,
4: yeah.
7: <laughs> you know, before, before I get. Most well, assuredly. Before I get Brother Ed to jump into the conversation, it's just about 7.30. We're going to take a brief break and, uh, for advertisers and the, and the uh, editorial. And then we'll come back and expand the conversation. Uh, you can also join us, too, at 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. We're joining tonight in conversation with uh, Mama Kosawa Sabri philly locks conference it will be here october 1st and 2nd in philadelphia also assistant Nataki kanban of let's buy black 365.com we'll be right back
1: To the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com.
2: If you're tired of accepting the lesser of two evils, if enough is enough, then join the One Million Conscious and Conscientious Black Contributors and Voters at their first national convention at the Impact Center in Atlanta, Georgia on October 21st through 23rd, 2016. The One Million is calling all like-minded brothers and sisters to participate in a three-day conference to create strategies to move our people forward. Vendor space is available, plus there will be a special tribute to Professor James Klingman, For details and to register, go to IamOneOfTheMillion.com. That's IamOneOfTheMillion.com. Let's be the change we seek to rebuild the village.
9: 215 That number is 215 885 2444. 215 885 All Insurance Incorporated. In 1974,
8: TV was free. The average home telephone bill, $20 per month. A brand new automobile, $4,000. Today, an average family spends that amount on cell phones and pay TV per year. The black community spends over $25 billion per year on pay TV while the community suffers financially. The choice is yours, pay TV or community debt free. Join the economic revolution. Go to Venture Group or call 844-GROUP-VENTURE. During the 60s and 70s, if you misbehaved as a child, you got a spanking. Today, parents receive discipline for disciplining their children. The state wants to raise our children and provide meals, lodging, and employment through the state prison system. It's time to take back our community, reconnect the family, and through cooperative economics, redirect billions of dollars back into the community. Go to venturegroupcapital.solutions. That's venturegroupcapital.solutions call 844 group
7: venture antiquity to the present our people need to develop a new paradigm it's time for an awakening sundays 7 p.m with your hosts elliot and reggie
13: 11 years ago this week hurricane katrina flooded 80 percent of new orleans killing at least 1200 people although no one will ever know the actual death toll because most of the victims were black and poor and therefore were never considered important enough to count. What was important to the rulers of this country in the aftermath of Katrina was making sure that as many as possible of the displaced black residents would not be allowed to return to the city. Before the waters had fully subsided, corporate planners were exulting in the opportunity to build a new New Orleans, a much whiter and richer metropolis. Katrina had ethnically cleansed the city, permanently exiling 100,000 blacks, and the lords of capital could not contain their jubilation. What blacks experienced as catastrophe was celebrated as a renaissance. Katrina was a godsend for disaster capitalism and provided a model for capitalists to create future disasters for black people. President Obama's Secretary of Education, Arne Duncan, said Katrina was the best thing that happened to the education system in New Orleans because it allowed school privatizers to fire all of the city's teachers, 71% of them black, and turn most of the schools into charters. Instead of firing Duncan for his outrageously callous and deeply racist remarks, President Obama joined in praising the so-called recovery of a city that had shed about a third of its black population and was on the way to becoming the nation's first all-charter school system. Over the next several years, Obama's Race to the Top program would coerce states to create a market for charter schools or face the loss of federal education funds. Katrina paved the way to a catastrophe for public education nationwide. During the last weeks of the summer of 2005, when the magnitude of the disaster became apparent, it seemed that almost every black community organization responded with some kind of Katrina support program. But there was no political response from the Congressional Black Caucus in Washington. The Democratic Party hoped to regain control of the House of Representatives in the 2006 elections, and Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi didn't want the party to appear too pro-black. She ordered her members to boycott the Republicans' hearings on Katrina, and Democrats held no hearings of their own. In the face of what was then the greatest black catastrophe of the 21st century, the Congressional Black Caucus allowed itself to be muzzled. The black political class's abject failure to respond to Katrina guaranteed that there would be more catastrophes for black folks. The Lords of Capital realized that if they could get away with massive ethnic cleansing in New Orleans while the whole world was watching, they could ratchet up the speed of gentrification and black removal all across the country. Soon, half of the black citizens of Michigan were disenfranchised by an emergency financial manager regime that took over all of the state's heavily black cities. The New Orleans model has gone national because the rulers of this country know that they don't need a storm to drive black folks from the cities and that there will be no resistance from a selfish, useless black misleadership class. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Glenn Ford. On the web, go to blackagendareport.com.
7: Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. And let's go back to the conversation with Mama Kosova Sabri of Philly Locks Conference and Sister Nataki Kambon of Let's Buy Black 365.com. Brother Reg.
10: Yes, uh, my sisters, I'd like to ask you a question. I have several questions for both of you, but what I'm going to – can you explain – the difference between dreadlocks and locks, and I preface the reason why I'm asking this question: uh, the federal the federal courts have just ruled uh, recently that employers can dimis- discriminate against uh, people wearing dreadlocks. And I just I know that locks and dreadlocks have a culture and spiritual significance with that. And I think um, the people that are listening need to hear the, the definition and the defining of it culturally and also the impact that this federal ruling will have on black folks that have locks as a style of hair dress excuse me
11: wow um first of all um when we hear the name dreadlocks i always tell people go to the root of things no pun intended but go to the root of things and locks our locks the locks of our hair the spiral curl of our hair is um uh dreadlocks is a misnomer uh that the dreadlocks were a name that was given to our locks by the british that when they were fighting uh in jamaica when they were fighting in a number of our rebellions they dreaded the men who had locks so they called it dreadlocks and then as with a lot of our language, we adopt the oppressor's description of what, who we are and what we are. Um, so I always correct people and say they're not dreadful. So uh, we're correct in saying locks as opposed to dreadlocks, whether you want to do biblical or go to Kemet or or just um, understand our ancient, because um, locks are um, thousands of thousands of years old. Um, So when we say dreadlocks, we're actually using the oppressor's name to describe our gifts, our spiritual antennas. Um, So that's one thing. The other thing is that it's interesting that you asked that question um, on the back of the Black Agenda uh, commentary, because the ruling is much more than hair. It's an attempt to keep rolling the clock back to slavery, Um, that if I can tell Uh, a group of people that what comes out of your hair naturally, what you're born with is unprofessional, dirty, uh, 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 a basis for you not to get employment, then that's the same thing that brothers and sisters um, had to experience when they so-called freed you from slavery. But since you didn't have a job, you could get arrested for vagrancy, um, which then put you right back into slavery, um, in that the slave bill talks about, Um, uh, not being able to, being out of slavery as long as you uh, don't commit a crime. Vacancy was a crime. So it's not just about what's on your head. It's not just about a style. It's much greater than hair. Um, uh, Today it's hair, tomorrow it's skin, or your facial features, or what have you. Um, It's so outrageous and so blatantly um, racist that I'm surprised at the lack of response. But because a lot of us, especially a lot of women, have accepted a standard of beauty, which is not ours, have accepted uh, self-hatred as a norm, this is something that will slide by just like um, what's happened to our people in terms of the the open – Dr. Cabone, Nakaki's father, talks about uh, democide as opposed to genocide. Democide meaning government-sponsored genocide. So, you know, it's just another cog. It's just something else that if we're not paying attention, we just allow things to mount up. It's just like the so-called Jews in in Germany is that the the, um, program was to uh, demonize the people because once you demonize the people, take the resources away from the people, make them turn on themselves, that's even to just eliminate them. And we see it on a regular basis, but if you're not analyzing and you're not connecting the dots, you miss it. I don't know if
10: that answers yeah, your question. I, I, I thank you for that <laughs> No, no, yes, it definitely does. And I'm glad that you brought in the, the, the part that is more than just locks, it's just more than wow. here. They tried to see what they could set up as a, as a first leg of their marathon that they want to run on black folks and and I'm glad that you put it out there because you know with the advent of this um, political back and forth between Trump and Hillary Clinton you know when you were making that uh, response what I thought about her statement about young black folks being super predators Mm -hmm. that's something that no one you know when you say that you know exactly what you're saying and there's no backpedaling from a statement like that. Not just a predator, super predator, you know, mm-hmm. out of, this is out of this world predator, Some somebody that you right. definitely need to fear and always watch out for. It's ready, put out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we just need to be very aware and open and using that antenna that was given to us spiritually start utilizing the gifts that we have. Uh, what I wanted to ask is as a follow-up for both of you, sisters. That, that um, and actually, um, Brother Red, if
0: I could share something with that question. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Sure. You know, uh, it, was, it was really interesting. I had to I had an opportunity to talk to um, a, a small group who was clustered at a festival that I went to earlier today, and I handed them a flyer for the Locks conference, and uh, we had a conversation, and this very topic came up. And someone said, well, what's your take on it? And I said, I love it. I'm excited um, because we keep expecting that this society is going to uh, treat us like we're citizens. Mm-hmm. But the society doesn't consider us citizens, mm-hmm. and it never has. And so, uh, you know,
10: for can minute what, what do you mean? We're not, we're not citizens. <laughs>
0: well, we Explain really aren't. That. So I, that's a good thing. right? Well, let me, let me come back. Well, well, okay. well, for now, I'll just leave it at being treated as citizens. There has never been a point in the history of this country where we had been treated like American citizens. So if you take that premise and I, you know, I would just, I'd ask anybody to point out the day that they think we were. But, you know, if we just take that premise at at face value, um, what what is the alternative? Okay, so we're telling you, we were already telling you we didn't want you in our companies by not hiring you before. Now we've sanctioned it uh, legally that we don't have to hire you when you look like yourself. Unless you have decided to assimilate and look like what we want you to look like, we, we're gonna, we're gonna make it even harder for you. Anybody who identifies with themselves, we, we could just say, hey, not here. So, we, we can do two things. We can do some of what we've done historically. We can get mad and angry. We can start petitions. We can jump up and down in the streets and appeal and do all of that. Or, we can turn our best and brightest people and talents back to black owned businesses Mm who want to hire you, who won't racially discriminate against you. We can build those businesses so they can hire more people. We can end black unemployment by having strong black businesses that have an economic foothold on our communities. And we can, we can just stop the whole conversation right there. Right. I, the let's buy black 365 movement is about, that kind of a cycle where we stop looking to other people to solve our problems. We right. keep saying black solutions for black people. And I, for one, am, am, am actually, uh, I, I, I appreciate um, more documented legislation that we don't want you here because maybe that'll wake up some people and say, huh, Maybe all these companies that are discriminating against black people who look like black people, maybe I'll stop taking my money there. Maybe I'll stop giving them all of my energy, time, and talent so that they can grow and put their kids through college and build wealth. Maybe I can figure out how to do that for myself. Right. Alternative point of view.
11: Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. That's exactly right. Exactly
10: right. With that being said, um there we know that we're in a capitalistic society we know that capital capitalism was um brought to a to another level of being fine-tuned based on our ancestors being enslaved and captured in and the transatlantic uh slave trade what i want to ask you you have some people well let me say it this way historically we've been our basis of black folks operating together has been a cooperative base system. I just want to see what your thoughts on is if we take money out the, out the equation, we, that is something I feel that we still haven't uh, gotten down pat that we need to really get back with, 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 uh, with, uh, how do I want to say this? Not what, it doesn't have to be all of us would, but, but enough numbers to really make things happen for, for, for even for the ones that don't understand the ones that are ignorant or the ones that think they know, but don't really know. And that's what your thoughts about that. Cause that seems to be um, the split with a lot of folks. You have some folks who say, well, listen, you can go buy black all day. You want, but we're not unified so if you have a dollar bill, they might spend only five cent on out of that dollar to try to go um, push up a black business by supporting that black business. But you ha- and then you have some other folks that will say, well, it's a good thing, but when it's all said and done, who's printing this money? They can they can short it, make the money. They can devalue it or they can value it any any time." I just want to get your thoughts about that on capitalism and cooperative economics, and cooperative living for Black folks. Uh, could I? Could I? Well, I've oh, there? yeah, yeah, yeah. This is open for both of you. <laughs> okay,
6: at <laughs> <Okay, laughs> <talking laughs> the bit,
11: right? <laughs> yeah. Right. First of all, first of all, we need those people who understand that we are at war. We're. It's not a a college uh, discussion or a that we really are in a position of fighting for our very lives. And I want to take uh, Dr. Capone, the dad <laughs> saying that we need to de-whiten and re-acronize that uh, things like bartering, things like um, uh, looking at alternative ways of doing things, things like uh, taking people where they are. So the Let's Buy Black 365 really takes people right where you are. They, they tell them not do anything different, just do it for yourself. You know, that if you're going to buy toilet tissue or paper tissue or whatever, buy it from someone who looks like you. If you want to do whatever it is that you're already doing, do it for yourself. That the more people hear that and understand that it's not an option, it's a necessity, um, the more people say that and they're consistent in that. And we see examples. We're a visual people. That's why we struggle to put the conference on, because visually people can see that happening. We've had people who've come to the conference, they have uh, an idea that they want to be in business, and they see other people who are in business, they talk to them, and they come back three years later, they're in business. Or we see people who come and they sacrifice and travel across wherever they be here, and they have like one little space, and in a few years, they come back and they have employees, they have bigger spaces that... The more we do and say for ourselves, the more that happens, is that when we have the discussions about, uh, well, uh, it's a buy black campaign. It's not a buy black campaign. It's a survival, uh, part of a survival strategy, that if you're at war, you don't sit down and and, uh, have a discussion with your open enemy or the people who still love your open enemy, because there are a number of our people who just ain't going to make it. They're just in love with their slave master and their slave master's children, and uh, while we're trying to convince those folks, we're losing out on what we need to actually be doing.
2: Um,
11: and what we need to be doing is what Nataki's talking about, uh, not just uh, the act of going into a business, but the act of changing our mindset, the act of uh, knowing that we have all the power and energy that we need. We actually keep the system rolling. We keep it rolling in that we, we think that um, – They can do whatever they want to do without us, and it was proven that that is not the case. You know, they're they're trying ways to do that, but for the most part, our energy, our resources, our inventions, our whatever, keep this madness going, and as long as we keep giving it away and thinking that there is no other alternative, we won't move forward. There is another alternative. Uh, There Mm -hmm. are examples that we have across the world that show that we can do stuff for ourselves. Okay, I'll I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> oh, I
10: love it. I love it. Me, no, you need No, that's that? what,
0: <laughs> Yeah, and if I could just add on to that, you know, um I I have really really been um uh, uh, gravitating towards lectures from Dr. Amos Wilson. Mm-hmm. And um and also, you know, reflecting on uh the the lessons that are shared in uh Claude Anderson. So Amos Wilson wrote Blueprint for Black Power. Claude Anderson wrote uh, Powernomics.
4: Um,
0: I've, I've uh, listened to several lectures recently from Dr. George Fraser, um, uh, who wrote the book Success Runs in Our Race, and uh, he has a just a number of books out, and, and is just you know really really powerful on networking and economics. And you know we we. We hear people say, oh, it doesn't matter. You could just, you know, it won't make a difference. And the one thing that resonates with me about those kinds of statements are they are true reflections of what self-hatred and Mm -hmm. self-destruction looks like manifested.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Every childhood fairy tale you can think of, every childhood cartoon you can think of, every, you know, hero story you can think of you have the main character who thinks nothing they do works. Nothing you do will make a difference. And then the whole storyline arcs when they realize that they have the power to do it themselves and they defeat whatever is oppressing them. So I just look at it like these people are mired in self-hatred and apathy, and they are so scared to make a move. That they would rather just talk about why the solution won't work. So, you know, as Mama Okoshawa said, there are models of this working all over the world. There are even models in other cultures within our own, within this country. We look at other people who support themselves economically and they don't have to march in the streets. They don't have police gunning them down because they have organized economically and they're supporting themselves. So, the law enforcement in their community is their community. You know, we uh, uh, someone asked me today, well, which is more important, education uh, first or policy first? And it's if we don't do it economically, none of the other stuff makes sense. And when you organize economically, virtually every other problem in the black community can start to go away because when you can finance the change, when you can finance the political lobbyists, Who uh, affect politicians and their careers got to point that out these people are not public servants in the way we think they are they are they they are leveraging careers and the way those careers get financed is by dollars from people who say once you get in office i will give you my money but once you get in office you're going to do x y and z and black people keep you know, holding hands and thinking we just show up at the polls and people are magically going to do work later. But I digress because the original topic was, what about the people who say it won't matter?
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: I have a really good visual for people, you know, unless you're driving or doing something dangerous, I'd like you to close your eyes and imagine two flower pots. And I, I, I do this demonstration actually at a financial literacy class that I teach. But imag- And I have the flower pots there. Imagine two flower pots. And just imagine every single thing that you've bought, it's its practically October, every single thing that you've bought this year, how much that stuff costs, one by one, just start itemizing, you know, the household stuff, the clothing, the entertainment, uh, the gas, whatever it is, how much. So put all the stuff from, from not black owned businesses in one flower pot. You put the stuff from black owned businesses or the money, let's talk it in dollars. Uh, the money from, from not black in one flower pot and the money from black in the other, which one are you growing? And then I share that if you really want to contextualize this, the money that is in the black flower pot, you are fertilizing or financing black liberation. The money that is in the other flower pot, you're financing your own oppression. You're financing, uh, white supremacy, You are financing self-destruction, you're financing genocide, you're financing environmental racism, you're financing police brutality, you're financing every negative impact that happens to the black community. So you can go ahead and say, oh, it doesn't matter where I spend my dollars, but I recognize and others recognize that you are financing your own oppression while you're sitting there talking about there's no solution. Mm
10: -hmm. Uh, And uh, and I love your, I love that analogy with the two uh, pots because the pot on the other side of the street that you're talking about, that we spend most of the money, is laden with pesticides from Monsanto. You know, that was just purchased by Bayer, which has a history of genocide against our folks, also. Uh, I want the people that are listening to do some research on the Bayer company that just purchased Monsanto. Don't think that anything has changed. Is this a two card or three card Molly shuffle game? Yep. And it's the same story because food, as you stated, Sister uh, Mama Kosowa, food is another way that they try to take us out of here. And that's something we'll talk about on the other side uh, of right. the break. Okay.
7: Well, we'll take a brief break. And when we come back, we're <laughs> going to continue the conversation <laughs> with, uh, with uh, Mama Kosowa Sabri of the Lox Conference Philly, 22 years going strong, and Sister Nataki Kambon of Let's Buy Black 365.com and I know you're out there listening give us a call, get involved in the conversation at 215-253-7263 that's 215 we'll be right back
9: That number is 215 885 2444. 215 885 2444. All Insurance Incorporated. In 1974,
8: TV was free. The average home telephone bill, $20 per month. A brand new automobile, $4,000. Today, an average family spends that amount on cell phones and pay TV per year. The black community spends over $25 billion per year on pay TV while the community suffers financially. The choice is yours, pay TV or community debt free. Join the economic revolution. Go to VentureGroupCapital.Solutions or call 844-GROUP-VENTURE.
2: If you're tired of accepting the lesser of two evils, if enough is enough, Then join the one million conscious and conscientious black contributors and voters at their first national convention at the Impact Center in Atlanta, Georgia, on October 21st through 23rd, 2016. The one million is calling all like-minded brothers and sisters to participate in a three-day conference to create strategies to move our people forward. Vendor space is available, plus there will be a special tribute to Professor James Klingman. For details and to register, go to IAMONEOFTHEMILLION.com. That's IAMONEOFTHEMILLION.com. Let's be the change we seek to rebuild the village.
8: During the 60s and 70s, if you misbehaved as a child, you got a spanking. Today, parents receive discipline for disciplining their children. The state wants to raise our children and provide meals, lodging, and employment through the state prison system. It's time to take back our community reconnect the family, and through cooperative economics, redirect billions of dollars back into the community. Go to VentureGroupCapital.Solutions. That's VentureGroupCapital.Solutions or call 844-GROUP-VENTURE.
7: Antiquity to the present. Our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening. Sundays, 7 p.m. with your hosts, Elliot and Reggie.
14: Whenever I come to one of these occasions, that is to try to give you a status report on black people in America. And let me tell you up front, you are not progressing. I've been telling you that now for 25 to 30 years, even when I was with the Carter administration going around the country. You're not going to progress. You're going backwards. You're going backwards. The only people, in blacks in America who are progressing are those who are locked into a vein called entertainers. If you're an entertainer, what you're telling white folk is that you're as safe as a birth control pill. There ain't nothing going to happen. You're not going to do anything for black folk. If you're running with a ball, joking, telling jokes, singing, dancing, or they, that's safe. White folk, that doesn't fight white folk. They'll give you a television show. They'll put you on 10 television shows. They'll make you a host of a television show. They'll let you broadcast every sport event. As long as you don't address any issues dealing with black folk and the problems that black folk have. And so you, and and so when you all see all these blacks on television read about them in the newspaper those blacks have been classified as being as 20 times safer than the birth control appeal there ain't nothing gonna happen for black folk and so this morning i to let you know that you are not progressing you're not progressing and first and foremostly social integration has failed get that through your head social integration has failed as a matter of fact you lost in social ways you didn't gain anything you lost everything you had any black person here in this auditorium today that 's more than fifty years of age can tell you what you used to have. You have nothing now. you used to have theaters and bus companies, cab companies you used to have almost everything that whites had, but now you have nothing. why? because see social integration is a is a weakening process it is not designed to empower you power economicss might be, but social integration is not. You cannot integrate anything by you cannot empower anything by integrating it. You weaken it. And in social integration in this country, what social integration did was make you a guest. You became a guest in what other people own and control. And any of you know that once your guest has been with you for two or three days, you want to get rid of them. We are guests. You don't own any hotels. You don't own anything of value in the country. That's why everybody's been pushing social integration. That's why you no longer have communities. You used to have decent communities in every black city in America. I used to be able to go to any city and find a black neighborhood, Uh, not a neighborhood, those neighborhoods, communities. You used to have some of the finest communities in America, right here in LA. You had a Compton, you had an Inglewood, you had a Watts, you had a South Central, you had something, you got nothing now. And all my blacks were so silly enough, they moved out of the city up into the mountains and said, I'm getting away from all O.P., I'm gonna go up in the mountain by myself. And you turn over the city to the people you're competing against. Social integration cannot enhance you. Now, anybody in social economics knows this. The Jews found this out way back a long time ago, in the 1500s, in in Europe, when Jews tried to socially integrate. And Jews found out very quickly, it is a weakening process. They became at risk. No group is going to try to socially integrate that's an out group. And especially if you're an out group, that's a hated group. You are a hated-out group. You've always been a hated-out group. And then why would you go divide yourself up, splinter yourself, and scatter yourselves and think that somehow you're progressing? And see, that's why you don't see any other group in this country trying to socially integrate except black folk. You have not seen any integration marches from the Asians. What Asians have been trying to socially integrate? What Arabs have been trying to integrate? What American Indians are coming off the reservations trying to integrate?
7: Welcome back to Time for an Awakening, and uh, let's get right back to uh, our conversation. Uh, Brother Reg, um, you had another follow-up question with that, and then we got a call on hold. Uh,
10: Yeah, well, go to the caller real quick, and then I'll come back to the question.
5: Good.
7: Let's go to 602, Erico. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
5: Yes, brothers and sisters. Brother Marcus calling from Memphis, Tennessee.
7: How are you, Marcus?
5: I'm doing all right, man. Why well, you're hitting all cylinders today, man. You're hitting all cylinders today cause that is the solution, you know. 'Cause our people have a economical and a psychological problem. It's more a psychological problem though, because we you know we handle a lot of money. You know, but the 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 sister heard the, it, the sister, sister mention doctor Amos Wilson, you know. You know, we have the solution, you know, you know, the solution is on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? You know, and we, we are the ones who are going to have to correct our problem, you see what I'm saying? And, and it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know. I, I love this program where you're speaking today, you know, um, you know, after Marcus Garvey died, there was a, there was a man called Carlos Cooks. You see, a lot of people don't, don't know about Carlos Cooks. He picked up the baton after Garvey died, and he ran with the program, with the Garvey program. And he said, "Look, he said he had a program they call it the 60, 30 to 60-day uh, Bible Black Campaign." He said, "Look, we could solve this problem in 30 to 60 days. See, all we have to do is boycott all the non-black businesses in the black community for 30 to 60 days. Go." out of the black community and go purchase what you have to buy what you have to buy what will that do in 30 to 60 days you'll put those those italian folks out of business they won't have no 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 they won't be able to make their payroll they won't be able to to pay for their products you see what i'm saying so yeah you know the you you guys hitting it everything today you know you you know but i i am kind of skeptical because you know 400 years is long enough to know, you know, and if, if these white folks wanted to work something out with black folks, you could have did it in 400 years, you know. So I don't know if, 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 if you know, if we're really going to solve our problem here, given the, the racial climate now and the way things going. So Africa is looking more promising. We have to get into an environment of our own, you know, anyway. That's all I want to say today. Thank you so much for this program. Marcus, all right, have a good evening,
7: Marcus. Thank you for your call, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
12: Sure.
7: Marcus raised some 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 really uh, good issues and some comments, brother Reg.
10: Yeah, what I wanted to follow up uh, with our sisters tonight, uh, Mama Kosmo. I know that you had um, brother Cochise Taraksa, aka Damian McSwan, Uh, who has urban kryptonite documentary uh, dealing with health and the welfare of our people. Mm -hmm. I just want both of you guys to chime in and tell the audience about food and water. And we have the news that was going on in North Dakota that you're now seeing on ABC, CBS, or NBC. Uh, uh, The woman, uh, Amy Goodman, Democracy Now!, with the Dakota, uh, North Dakota pipeline and what they're trying to do there. Uh, we've seen what's been going on all over this country. It, after uh, Flint, Michigan, um, with, with the issues with the water. We're seeing all over the United States, there's issues, especially in urban areas where the water is messed up. Um, we're seeing what's going on with food as far as with Monsanto, now owned by Bayer uh, Company that there, I think there's legislation passed that they don't have to put labeling on certain things of what's in the food. Right. We see all these things are going on and we're seeing what's being pushed. Uh, a lot of these food pantries with what's, line, that what's line in these cans, You know, our people are not getting the, the most nutritious or the healthiest food. If you're not getting healthy and nutritious food, you can't think straight, can't act right. You can't do the right things. You can't connect with your maker in the perfect and the most pristine way. And I think this is something that we always uh, neglect to talk about. When you talk about cooperative economics, you talk about Let's Buy Black, the support of African-American farmers in this country. You can't talk about the system and you're not purchasing or you're not supporting African-American farmers. It does not make any sense. And I just want to see what your thoughts are about that.
11: Right. Um, A couple of things. You're you're exactly right, is that um, we are what we eat. And at the conference, we have a whole holistic health and wellness piece that we include. um, Because a lot of our folks, the, the biggest challenge that we have is lack of knowledge and ignorance, is that Um, when you know better supposedly you do better Uh, we're so distracted with all the things that are going around us the psychic trauma that's happening to us on a regular basis keeps us from being able to focus on okay let me make some decisions is that when they constantly um, show brothers and sisters being shot and then they keep playing uh, looping it over and over again it distracts you it's a psychic trauma so our, our health is our wealth. Before you can even understand that, well, if I spend my dollars over here, it's going to help me, I have to actually value myself. That's that's a health issue. Um, before I understand that the person I'm looking at that looks like me is actually my brother, um, but I actually hate myself, so I hate my brother, therefore I'll kill my brother, um, that's a health problem. That's not, that's not a... Um, that's a health problem. Let's do that. And and my background is in health. So for years and years and years, I've talked about the psychotrauma that's going on with us. I've talked about if you're not growing your own food, if you're not participating with uh, our farmers who are growing their own food, then you are participating in your own self-genocide. Um, and the whole thing with the water is, is that even with the, – oh, they're talking about Flint. Philadelphia has terrible water. You know, um The whole, um, and actually we have a a workshop on that. We have a workshop on hep C, on water and prisoners' rights, is that there are so many things that are happening to us as a people that if we just bring it down to the common denominator of wanting, being able to, we first that we deserve to live, and we deserve to live in a happy, healthy, and whole way, but we don't really know what happy, healthy, and whole is because we've gotten so far away from who we are. Um, So that's why I keep talking about war, because when you think about war, you think about the bare necessities. You stop talking about the big house or or the car or cable. You stop talking about that, and you start talking about what's going to keep you and your seven generations alive. Food, clothing, and shelter. I'm also an old MGT, so food, clothing, and shelter. If we're not talking about that and we're spending time talking about electoral politics, et cetera, et cetera, um, I'm not saying you shouldn't be aware of those things, but that's not where your focus should be. Food, clothing, shelter. How do we live? And in order for you to live, you have to have decent food. Well, what is decent food? You need to know about that. I'm still doing lectures on letting people know what GMOs are. And, you know, we're talking about 20 or 30 years old. Um, and you're right. The, they're doing the, um, so the three-card Marley where they switch people. So we stop hearing about Monsanto, but then we hear about there. It's the same thing they did with um uh, aspartame. They stopped talking about mm-hmm. aspartame and gave you splendor. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, uh, the more we're aware of we're in a hostile place and that the, in our mind we have to think about what we want and not what we don't want, that all of the marches and all of those kinds of things don't focus on what we want. They focus on what we don't want. Um, so uh, you're correct in terms of um,
10: help. And, and you you are leading me into something I want to read for yourself and uh, Sister Nataki. And I just want to get your response for what I'm about to read. It's um, something that I uh, that I uh, read from Dr. Robin Alston. She's out of uh, Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. she's a, a, a yoga um, practitioner. Uh, mm-hmm. Protesting will not save us. Protesting does not change us. Right. Nor does mm-hmm. protesting. Change the consciousness of others. We protest symptoms, but not the deeper issues. We can't use the same and, medicine for different ill for different illnesses. Right. it's not working. It. Right, and
0: protesting would work if people. I mean, this is not this is not an unawareness of the situation. I I I would challenge anyone to you know take a take a survey of, of a reasonable sampling of non-black people in this country and say, are you aware of what's happening in the black community? I, 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 you know, who are we protesting to? And, and from the language in the protest, people are calling for change. They're calling for, who are you calling for it from Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the same people who didn't care the last 20 million times you protested, the, the same Ntaki. people who are still gunning you down in the streets, the same companies that are, that are uh, underpaying you and exploiting you and stealing resources from your community and financing your genocide? Who are you protesting to?
10: So this is talking. Let me finish reading this out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, you're good. I, I like I like, I like. how you filled in the spaces. It's wonderful. It like, was like you wrote this. All right, let me just finish this up and then you can chime in also. Um, So I'm going to start back up. Protesting is a medicine that that reacts to something that's not changing. We need to change the medicine. We're reacting out of conditioning rather than consciousness. As such, we become political bait. Just perhaps the medicine is uh, meditation because with meditation, there's no shouting, no fighting, no violence, but real transformation actually pacification follows protesting while a great force follows meditation. Now you can chime in my sister. Any thoughts?
11: Well, I teach meditation and one of the challenges that we have in terms of meditation is that for the most part, most part we have a lot of brothers and sisters who are fearful that, um, uh, you know, I always challenge folks, to, when you get up in the morning, to not turn on the radio or the television and to be in silence. And they're most like people are quiet. very fearful.
10: they like that quiet. It's going, yeah. to, it's going to reveal things about themselves that they might not want to deal with.
11: Right, right. And they think they're going to miss something as opposed to getting something. That um, we actually, we have what's called a reticular activating system in our system brain which uh, allows you to focus on something and you stick to it until you get it and that's one of the reasons that we're distracted with so many things because if we just focused on our global liberation if we focused on the fact that we deserve to be i keep saying we deserve to be happy healthy and whole is that if you're not focused on that or you meditate on that you get distracted on all these other things that are happening and you feel like i got to go do this i got to go do that and while you got to got to go do all of that you are doing absolutely nothing that culturally we're supposed to think for seven generations ahead that most people are into i i me me which is part of the programming you know, that once we, we realized that, oh, wow, we're being programmed and conditioned on a regular basis, uh, you know, Robin's right. Robin came to our healing circle when she first started uh, before she opened the center. <laughs> I love good people connect with good people. I love okay.
10: it. <laughs> All right. I'm doing, I'm doing my job then. I'm doing my
11: job. <laughs> yeah, which is why the the strategic partnership with – a Let's Buy Black 365 is much greater than a Buy Black campaign. It's much greater than a uh, social media app. It's much greater than um, uh, something to, to uh, sign a business up on. I mean, like people can, can try and uh, narrow it down to one or two things, but it's much greater than that because it, it shows a rebellious spirit. It talks about we want something better, we're going to create something better. That's why with the law conference, we want our brothers and sisters to know that, yes, we can do stuff for ourselves. We only have the conference at um, places that we own, run, or manage. We only have vendors who look like me. Um, We only have people who do all of the things connected to the conference, the audiovisual, the security, um, the publishing. All of that is um, things uh, come from us, and the more we interact with each other, the more we that it's actually safe to be in silence it's actually safe to say hey okay i i can be with myself and it's okay it's okay for me we have a healing circle where we actually have quiet we have a relaxation and meditation session so people can actually see that hey yeah i will feel better if i just take it down a notch you know that a lot of times we're not exposed to that we're exposed to all of the other psychic traumas so we don't do the kinds of things that we really need to heal us um
10: Okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, me, I love that you're saying that because, you know, another impediment.
7: Uh, to, uh, Ray, to our me, folks,
10: hold on for one second, Elliot. A lot, another impediment <laughs> is the fact that we have a lot of attachments to things and objects mm-hmm. and material mm-hmm. things that really don't mean anything. The right. cell phone. If you miss a call on the cell phone, you're not going to die. You're going to live. If you keep your TV off, of, uh, television off for of 24 hours, You're going to, you're going to live. You're going to make it, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have your car working and you're able to walk around instead of just driving every place, you're going to be okay. You're going to, you know, you're going to make it, you know, we let this media driven world, this society drive and dictate how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to behave. Our forefathers who did many great things and, uh, Sisters have done many great things. They dictate to us how we're supposed to celebrate them, when we're supposed to right. celebrate them. It's nonsense. And, and I think the only way that you're able to heal is by tapping inside. Stop looking outside for the answers. The answers are already inside. Sometimes you just need a someone, a brother or sister, to get a little pin and prick your heart. But all the answers are already inside. That's right. all I want to say.
7: Let's go to, i uh, got a couple of calls on hold. Let's go to 646 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
6: Okay, this is Brother Jay. Um, good evening to you two brothers and to the two beautiful sisters. Um hey, I Jay, had, before you start, talk. Had, hey, hey. See, the footage won, so I'm not going to say anything to you, all right? All right, okay, all right. Okay, all right. Now, the thing is this. I've had locks for over ten years, and I, I think I'm, I'm I'm gonna get rid of mine. You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm conflicted by it, but you know, sometimes you just need a change. And um, you know, when I first got them, it was it was a cultural thing to me. You know, it was it was about me representing myself because. As someone that wears locks, I always had problems with sisters who basically don't wear their hair natural and go out there and get a perm because I always felt as though they was nothing more than a reflection of white women, you know? And it seems like with this new... um you know, law that was just passed or whatever you want to call it, ruling that, you know, with a lot of the sisters now going into locks and natural here, it's just something else to take us away from our cultural selves. I mean, what what, what do y'all sisters think of that?
11: Oh, oh I'm sorry. Ma- across, or, or <laughs> oh, I was talk? listening. Yeah, yeah, you are correct. It, it's not. It, remember, I said it's not about hair. It's the rebellion. Is that when we deal with our natural selves and we go against the grain? It says that we're still hopeful. The idea is to crush our spirit. It's to crush our, our our connection with each other. And whether you whether you whether you wear locks or not, the fact that you honor what comes out of your head, what's given to you naturally, is what we're talking about. And this ruling is to. Uh, remind folks of where we are and who we're dealing with. And for those folks who don't get that, they'll learn that because they'll keep wanting to, like Nataki said, go to the slave master's plantation and do whatever they want you to do as opposed to doing for self. So, um, yeah, that's how I feel about that. And I feel like that—that that is uh, a reminder of who you are, where you are, or, or a reminder of what you need to be doing. Let me, let me also ask you this. What the work that
6: you sister do in regards to locks over the years, have you seen the lock movement growing and has there been any type of backlash you feel against brothers and sisters who do the natural thing? And how can we encourage our, you know, wives and daughters and sisters not to put these perms into our young girls here. Because, you know, to me, whenever you being educated by the Neanderthal and you're around that Neanderthal and then subconsciously you're trying to look like that Neanderthal, how could you grow up and be nothing other than someone who loved the Neanderthal? I mean, it it it, 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 it just... You know, it's really, it's it's like, you know, to be honest with you, they say that the first person that a man falls in love with is his mother, right? And when you look at your mother, she's the most beautiful thing in the world. Now, honestly, in your subconscious, and, and I'm going to say something that's going to shock you, in your subconscious, that's what you really feel. So if you see your mother and you look at her, and she got straight hair looking like an fifty white woman, and in a you're going to be, you know, attracted to that type of madness. And the reason why I say that is, and, I, and, and this going to shock you, when when I was a kid, ever since I was around two or three years old, I never wanted my father to take me nowhere to come to school with me or anything. You know why? Because I thought he was white. That's how right he was. You know what I mean? It wasn't until I was around eight years old that I was eight eight or nine years old when I was able to visually realize that he really wasn't a white man, that he was a real light-skinned African man. You know what I mean? Because of his hair, his facial features, and everything. And And this is subconscious. Within your mind. So, you know, I always say to people when they ask me why I had no love for the Neanderthal, I always told them I think I was birthed with it because, you know, that was just my thing. I've never loved him. And I've never wanted to be like them. But I think we need to promote rocks. I think we need to promote ourselves culturally. And I think one of the things that we could do, and maybe you could push this out there, is every... African-American child should have to wear something at least once a week that's of who they are culturally. Brothers need to wear dashigis. Sisters need to maybe wear dashigis, dresses that's culturally, or, you know, hair wraps and things of that nature. I think it would really take that to another level to accept our Africanness. And thank you, and I'll, you know, I'll listen.
7: Jay, thank you for your call, man. Okay, brother. Let's go to 370, area code. Uh, no, not some 215 370. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
12: Brother uh, Richard Philadelphia. How y'all doing? How are you, Richard? Uh, you'll probably hear some background, so I'll be quick. Um, just a, a close a while, when I'm, you know, you, you made the reference of relationship to the call, you know, that it's about the Bible, it's about warfare, and I'm thinking about institutional building. So, mm-hmm. and, and um, I remember when there was a phrase, Use called uh, culture and commerce, which would I see the last conference as a part of that culture, taking culture and, and blending it with commerce and moving towards that institutional building process. So I'm asking the question to you, what are the elements in general you think that are needed in order to maintain an institutional development, say, for that seven generations you've been operating 22 years? And Sister Nataki, is that, I apologize for like it in your name right
0: no you said it exactly right
12: (laughs) and from from the business development perspective and you mentioned about amos and 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 claude and and um um fraser and one thing that i like about fraser i think is the basis is the whole thing of networking but the networking is about relationship so in relationship to building businesses and building businesses as institutions within black community not just the buying, but building institutional businesses that will go towards that seventh generation. What do you say is necessary to have uh, in place in order to sustain, have a sustainable um, type of uh, infrastructure that really deals with that commerce, that now that you're involved in the cultural part, that will really expand cultural and commerce perspective or institutional building process? Hopefully I was clear. And i hang
0: on. Yeah, yeah. And I love the question. It's a really great question. I like that we're you know, we're we're thinking beyond, okay, well once I take the initial steps of buying black, um, you know, what does that mean in terms of organizing um, the community and, and organizing ourselves politically and, and culturally, et cetera? So, um, to answer that question, I would say that, you know, one of the things that we looked at and uh, I'm I'm probably going to throw some people. I'm going to be a little bit critical of the recent, um, by black, uh, or excuse me, bank black initiative that's happened, uh, in that, um, it is, it, it is a fantastic first step, but when we do things as a people, we need to look ahead and we need to recognize that, okay, What were black banks doing before we all decided to go open up a bank account? I mean, obviously, I'm sure most of us (laughs) here already had accounts, but, you know, before masses of people started to open up accounts, what were they doing? How are they sustaining themselves? Who was financing them? Who was making decisions? Did those people look like us? And if they didn't, what kinds of agendas did they have and did they put forth? What kind of agreements did the banks have? To make with those people in order to sustain themselves. And so now when we're bringing our dollars and opening accounts, what are we saying that we are expecting and demanding with those accounts? It needs to be more than just the spend. And we are working, we have strategic partners that, that are, that deal with that. We're in a, in a sense dealing with it. So we do recognize, um, but we do need the 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 droves of money to go in these directions um but you know the same thing uh i, I mentioned that <clears throat> excuse me mm-hmm. that we're not just concerned about buying black uh we're concerned about buying black with people who have the consciousness that builds intergenerational wealth and builds community etc and there's a, a a very big distinction Um, Not every black face is for the people. Um, And so if we are talking about buying black from committed black owned businesses, then when we are saying, Hey, we're going to do an initiative, you know, we can have the conversation. We're going to do an initiative where we're driving millions of black people to black banks, but I'm coming to you as the bank, you know, president or the board saying, when we do that, we're expecting X percentage of dollars to go to loans. We're expecting X percentage of financial literacy classes in the community. We're expecting, you know, X, Y, Z, and, and come with a list. And so it can't be, you know, not to discourage people who are like, well, I barely wanted to open an account and now, (laughs) now you're telling me it's not enough, but you know, we have to recognize that we are really the only people who are completely oblivious and disengaged to what it takes to have a society and a community function. Other communities, they're engaged, you know, you can ask someone Chinese, They know about what's going on with their banking, with their businesses, with their politics, with their schools. They have Saturday schools to talk about culture and reinforce the culture. Hell, you could have been here, excuse me for the language, but you could have been here seven, eight generations from China, but you are going to go to um, to Saturday school and learn about your Chinese history because they don't expect the public school system to teach you about you. And so similarly, we need to each take it upon ourselves to not just assume that the TV is going to tell you about all the good food for you and tell you when, you know, when someone is committing acts of genocide. And so, you know, just to bring it back in and and really answer the question, um, yes, the movement um, has partnerships with other organizations that in in various industries where there can be a rollout of concepts to drive dollars to those industries and specifically to companies in those industries that have identified and have committed to doing things that give back to community. And so this is a this is a multi pronged approach in that one, in one sense the individuals have to act Individuals have to say, I am taking back my control of where and how I spend my dollars. Um, but when we do that, we're also working with the businesses to say, okay, we're getting the consumer, the black consumer psychology, uh, realigned with what's, what's right and what's for our people. And you need to be ready to have the good services and, and psychology to receive and help support community.
7: Uh, Mama Kosovo, before you weigh in on it, let me, t- uh, this call's been on hold. Let's go to 371, uh, three, uh, 731, I'm sc- sorry. 731, Code. what's your name? Where are you
15: calling from? Hey, brother, this is Danny. How you doing? How are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good. Um, great, great show. Um, I was listening to the young lady, and, and I believe in this philosophy called building your perimeter within the perimeter. And what that entails is You know, I was listening to you talk about the Chinese and how they were aware of certain scenarios within their community. That is the one thing that we as blacks have not adopted the way that we should have. Being a southern boy, um, I grew up um, with a family that raised their own food. So I know the importance of raising your own food, cooking your own food, and the benefits of, of of what it does for you health wise. And as we as we slowly watch the deterioration of our people due to all kinds of circumstances, we never really talk about what food is doing to us. And the importance of us as black folk to realize that we have to step back from the table of Esau and that we have to eat differently
4: mm-hmm.
15: in order to sustain ourselves because everything about us is different so if we keep adopting the ideas that if we continue to follow what others are doing it will cause the demise of us as a race so i appreciate the fact that 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 you brought up a lot of those issues um this evening and um once again, guys, great show.
7: Danny,
0: yeah. thank you for your contribution. You yeah, I was gonna say thank you for the comment and just to to speak on that point of health again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think the 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 health problem in our community uh is one that that ties back to just, you know, the psychology of self destruction and what Mama Okoshawa talked about. Um, in terms of you know having to first be able to love yourself and and think that your life has worth, because if you don't start with that, then when you hear things about health and everything, you know you take the mentality. I remember I I grew up uh, with a very healthy diet and lifestyle, and uh, I remember going to school and people were like, "Why are you eating like that? You got to diet something." And I'm like, "These are like second and third graders." Like, what does that say about about their parents, about their households, about their life, uh, just about everything? If if adults and children have just embraced the fact that there is nothing that I can or should do for myself to treat my body like a temple, right. and and you know the deeper implications, or something else that was alluded to, is you cannot think clearly when you, you know, people people recognize this all the time. Before you take an exam or, you know, before kids go into final exams, they say, feed them a healthy breakfast. In other words, don't feed them the junk you've been giving them all year <laughs> that has dumbed them down. Now shift, and all of a sudden they're going to do miraculously on these tests because you've given them, you know, a breakfast that is, you know, supposedly whole grains and and fruit and things that actually – uh, stimulate the mind. And w- when we look at that, okay, what does that mean in adulthood? I'm eating fatty, greasy, uh, salty, oily, uh, you know, heavily uh, steroid induced meat and dairy and other toxic products, some that don't even have any actual food ingredients in them. And then I'm supposed to be able to form coherent thoughts and I'm supposed to be making good decisions when I have, I literally have, you know, the fat from all this stuff swimming in my bloodstream and swimming through my brain. And and the irony is you can't even process that kind of information because of the stuff swimming through your mind. Right. So, you know, this health thing Uh, and then you, you brought up bear, but you got the added layer of you've, you've destroyed your physical and mental health through the food that you've eaten so that you can't make good decisions. And then because you can't make good decisions and because your body starts to do things like show pimples or you gain weight or you, um, you know, you have different medical issues. These are all ways, you know, and I don't want to turn this into a health show, but all of these are ways that your body tries to scream to tell you something is wrong. Stop putting this stuff in your mouth. And instead of listening, you get medication and take medication, which further clouds your judgment and it exacerbates the problem. And you try and mask the symptoms instead of fixing the original problem. So, you know, this whole health industry is a whole whole other topic. And it's it's fantastic that at the LOX conference there are, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, there's so many health opportunities and that the food is such that when you're partaking in this food, at least during the time that you're at the LOX conference, you're able to think clearly <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're able to speak clearly. And this uh we your part- exactly. And you know, Let's Buy Black Three Sixty Five, we partner with a number of um holistic and sustainable um health entities and uh because we one of the things we say again, we want to support committed black owned businesses, but that also means that it can't just be a black face repeating white people's bad habits. So if they're destroying the environment and it's black owned, that's not for our people either. So we want companies that are committed to our people and the environment. We want companies that are committed to our people and our health. We want companies that are committed to our people and our jobs. So it has to be, you know, it's, it, it's, It's holistic in its approach, even from a business model standpoint. So when we talk about the capitalism that was brought up earlier, it is capitalism, but there's a concept called social entrepreneurship um, or social capitalism in the sense that, you know, it doesn't mean profit for profit's sake at any, you know, by any means necessary. There are ways in which you can do business and the lots conference is a perfect example of this. They do business in a way that uh, every dollar that they make from the really modest ticket price, I can't believe this conference (laughs) is only $10, but every dollar they make is a dollar that is an example of the good that they're doing in community. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: And we have to be able to look at capitalism in that sense. It is Are those dollars representative of how much good you've done for community? And if not, then, then I'm coming to you and saying that needs to be part of your agenda before I bring my
12: dollars.
10: And the, and the bottom line of spending that dollar shouldn't be for the individual that's receiving the money, the entity or company that they're getting over. On the person who's consuming or purchasing from them, that shouldn't be. And I'm glad you're making that, you know, making that. You made that reference because it's important for us to know that we can have business, but we don't need to get over, we don't need to manipulate. That shouldn't be the agenda. Our agenda is to do something that's bringing something to the consumer that's going to help the consumer. It's it's filling a void, it's filling a need, and and I, and I think another thing that we need to start doing. Uh, there's this notion that I go to Mama Kosova and I purchase her goods of service that I need to tell Elliot about that. I think the notion needs to be that let's buy Black 365. This is an operates operation runs with other folks. They need to support and talk about the uh, Mama Kosova's business and what she's doing. I think Black business owners need to start Spreading the word about other good and conscious and well-meaning and well-intentioned for our community businesses. They need to start doing that. I don't. I don't think there's enough of black business owners doing that, spreading the word about another black business owner. Because even if you guys are selling a ream of paper, if you guys are that good at selling a ream of paper, are you that fearful that you're going to be losing money? Because you know that this other. Black owned company that's selling me paper papers doing something that you're not know, doing. You know what white folks do all the time and they could hate each other guts. If they have a project and they could joint venture and come together to to, to make something you're lacking or something that, that I have that I'm expecting, we come together. I think more black businesses need to do that, they need to start combining their efforts and joint venturing and stop these solo projects all the time because, you know, you've been solo for 30 or 40 years, and that might be good if you're a sole prop or small business, but if you have more than 15 employees and you're selling groceries and there's somebody over here that's doing the same thing, you guys need to come together. You might be able to come together as a joint venture on a project or two or long term and really be able to employ a lot of black folks in the community. I just wanted to put that out there.
11: So. So can I get back to the the brother who wanted to know in terms of institution building? Certainly. The only reason that people, the only reason that warriors go to war, I'm still on that, or that we build institutions is that we're thinking about our family. And a lot of us get caught up in our biological family and not realize that we have a spiritual family, that we have a global family. And the underlining um, principle that we use, we use my art, and the love of our people Um Honorable Elijah Muhammad had love of his people. That's why he kept talking about beloved till the day he died working with them. Marcus Garvey had the love of his people. That if we actually love our people, what you just talked about, Reggie, is that wanting the other to succeed is something that you automatically want to do. I traveled for years. When Dick Gregory first did the Bahamian Diet, we ran around the country and we met a lot of multimillionaires, a lot of European multimillionaires. And one of the things that they said was money was not their motivating factor. What their motivating factor was relationships because they knew that if they didn't have the money, they had other people they could go back to and be able to get that money again. Um, And with the law conference, that's one of the things that we actually promote. And the businesses uh, work with it. We have what's called a resource guide where we – I list every presenter, every business, so that even after the conference is over, people have a way to get in touch with each other. So other events that happen around the country, they actually use that resource guide. They call on the vendors and the merchants and the service providers, so it's it's pay, paying it forward. That that whole concept of building institutions as opposed to having events is where we're coming from, that the institution is one of loving black people of working on improving our health mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, economically, ethereally, all of that. Um, And you could do that through vibration. You can do that through visualizing. You could do that through eating healthy foods, which is what we have. You can visualize that through having energetic readings, from seeing the colors, from being around the people, all of that. Um, And like Nataki said, if we could clone that and reproduce that, in a way that honors ourselves, because when we say we're going to start on time, we start on time. When we say we're going to do the things that um, would be beneficial to our community, that is exactly what we do. One of the things about the law conference is that we actually hire the youth that go to the school. We hire a number of the brothers and sisters that go to the school to help um, put on the conference, that um, it's not just about the event, but what it does in terms of the I, you know I don't want to say community because uh Claude Anderson has told us that we don't really have community if we're not uh, empowering and controlling everything about that, but our neighborhoods the the uh areas that we are operating in so the the um partnership with uh three sixty five and some of the other folks that are also part of that is part of that institution building that you have to start somewhere that um um again, you know, I said that Africa is our throne and our heart, but the planet is our home. We have a stake here, we have a stake across the waters. We need to connect that, which we also have happening at the conference. We have some brothers and sisters um, coming from Ghana just to um, acknowledge um what we 're doing and to participate in the conference and people get to see. That we do have connections with each other. We have connections across the country, across the water, uh, and we eliminate the fear and increase the love um, for ourselves. Um, uh, with UNIA, we say race first. That that we take care of ourselves first. That we understand that our cultural connection is actually a strength. It's not a weakness. Meditating is not a weakness. It's a strength. You know. So some of the things that we have had um, misinformation about become more. A parent become more part of our solution-minded thinking as opposed to problem thinking. Am I making myself clear?
10: Almost, oh, most
7: so, definitely.
10: You are. Okay. Mama um, Koswa, I'm about to <laughs> we about to shift this into another gear. Um, <laughs> okay. I might be stepping on toes, but it's not going to be your toes. Um, <laughs> Councilman David O. And since, and I'm I'm mentioning this. I'm only uh, bringing this out because this is happening in Philadelphia in the last conference in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And uh, Councilman David O returns from uh, he returned from a trip uh, he made out to Korea. I think uh-huh. it was about two weeks ago, and it was to develop international trade, tourism, and investment. Um, I found this quite interesting because we have a Chinatown. Mm-hmm.
12: Uh,
10: David O, a lot of people. Assume that he was um, Chinese, but he's Korean, but he represents that uh, Asian uh, area in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. That's in center city Mm -hmm. to develop international trade, tourism and investment. I, I don't think we need to guess what community in the city of Philadelphia is going to get the benefit of the trip that he's made, that he's made. Mm -hmm. Now, what I want to ask you what politician that has our hue that you've known to do anything of of of, of, of that sort of magnitude mm-hmm. for our for our people that are in the city of philadelphia and also what politician or politicians have supported the lots conference since you've been it's been operating 22 years in the city of philadelphia
11: in 22 years, we've only had two politicians that I know of. Now, people slide in and slide out. So, uh, well, I say three, three politicians that I know of um, that have uh, come to that have even come to the. Law are they conference. still
10: alive? Hold on,
11: before you get the answer, are they still alive? Yeah, they're still alive. <laughs> yeah, because it's only recently. Because only okay. recently. Okay. It's only recently. You know, we we don't we don't go to the city for anything. You know, we um, that's one of the things that a lot of brothers and sisters don't get, is that once you go to the European corporations or you go to the city, which is a European corporation, if you're successful in doing whatever it is you're doing, whatever uh, activity you have or or whatever program you have, uh, people become dependent on those white corporations. They become dependent on the city, and in a few years it disappears. Philadelphia used to be the... uh, Event capital. Vendors tell us all the time that they used to come to Philly because we always had a lot of large events that they could come and make money, and now we're down to two, Odunde and the Law Conference. Um, Odunde, um, because they have they 30, over 30-some 30 years in, um, uh, they fought real hard to think, but even uh, Odunde has um, uh, other folks have seeped into Odunde and are are seeping money out of that cultural event. Um so I lost my train of thought when I went on there.
15: No,
7: I um, think Rich, you mentioned it in the twenty two years, only two uh
11: Yeah, three.
12: Okay. Janie
11: Blackwell and Janie Blackwell to my knowledge, um, she does Echoes of Africa, so she's really always pushing our connection with that and introducing people to um uh brothers and sisters from around the world and the continent. Uh the continents. Um uh Vanessa Brown has been there. Sharif um, Street is not really a politician but those are the only folks no other people have actually come to the conference that I know of um, in 22 years matter of fact Janie um, truth be told I, I used to see her and say sure I'm coming I'm coming and I said you know I really wish people would stop telling me they're coming and not come and once I said that to her she's been coming ever since she's been there three years in a row um, but none of the other folks because you you when you come into the conference you know okay this this is about black folks. I mean anybody can come. It's open to the public. But this is about black folks. And a lot of us have not been around a large number of positive black folks and feel comfortable and be around a lot of you know, black folks and feel safe. You know, we're afraid of our own people. That's why I said love is the underlining factor. Um uh, so uh that's you know, I don't know how to say that. Well, Mama, goes, so let, that. Let,
7: let me say something. on this, in and we, <clears throat> yeah. we'll, we'll we'll give uh, the listening audience a little bonus tonight because I think we'll probably be going a little <laughs> bit over. Uh, you know, we talk about this, uh, seem like a lot on this program here recently because of the political mm-hmm. climate that we're in now. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, both you ladies, a question on this because to me, that's a, this is a huge problem. Uh, we talked earlier, and you mentioned a couple of times about our people being at war, Mama Kosova. And Mm -hmm. early in the conversation, Sister Nataki talked about our people not realizing that we were never treated like citizens. Mm
12: -hmm.
7: Knowing these things, and uh, I'm getting getting a little bit of interference. I think it might be on, well, let's let's fight through it. Um, Knowing these things, um, and I'm going to preface it by this. We had a Guest on our program a couple of call a couple of programs ago Ezra Hollerone who wrote three books on sovereignty, and mm-hmm. our people do- adopting sovereign principles and a sovereign mindset, mm-hmm. and he mentioned that it's necessary that in every city, we start developing think tanks for our people to develop strategies, to move our people forward. Now knowing. Knowing that and knowing what you've been talking about tonight, the purpose of the Locks Conference. And things of that nature you know it's important and i totally agree with you for our people to realize that they are at war and they've been it's a, it's a faction warring against you right. so it's necessary for us to develop strategies to fight in a war but the people that have been appointed no 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 that we have uh, uh set forth as leaders that have put themselves forward to campaign and run for these positions are adopting a different strategy and it's clear to me they don't realize that we're at war and if they do they don't act as if they do Mm -hmm. they think that we're in a uh, free society and that we should just be adopting principles instead of war strategies we should be adopting assimilation strategies because it's clear so that puts those folks almost at odds with the community and you hear it clearly when you when you get on a lot of these programs if they let the people talk you hear it clearly that our people are at odds with the people that are supposed to be leading them mm-hmm. what 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 is your opinion or what do, I, I i it's clear what we do in these cases because you women are about doing it that we do things in opposition to them but what is your opinion on these people that consider themselves leaders that's in every class. You know, Reggie mentioned the city here. And black folks have been in positions of power in Philadelphia for a number of years, almost since Wilson Good. They've held the mayor, the, 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 the uh, city council, uh, the police commissioner, the district attorney, the fire commissioner, all of the pictures. Uh, in fact, one of the mayors that we had here, John Street, said that blacks are running this city. I don't know what illusion he was under. But mm-hmm. black people have been in positions of power. But our people are – Philadelphia is the, what the, the poverty rate – got the highest poverty rate in this country. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we see that our people that are supposed to be in leadership have developed an assimilation mentality. They don't believe we're at war. Yeah, mm-hmm. Your opinions on that, Mama Kosovo, and sister, uh, sister Nataki. Well, well I have a delusion – Okay, go ahead, Nataki, talking I'll go no, after no, you.
11: please not. Uh,
0: uh I was gonna say I think I think the premise is off if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I how how are we defining leaders and how are we defining power? Um in my opinion, we I mean I said it earlier.
12: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh it's not even opinion. It I mean evidenced by, by even the question. These are not people who are for black people and And so, you know, they're black in skin color, but not in ideology. And we have to be able to differentiate who is on our side and who is not. And we can't just get excited because somebody black shows up. You know, the classic example that everybody, you know, laughs about now, but it's really not funny, is Clarence Thomas. Everybody's like, he's black. Was he? You know, Uh, is he? Uh, Ooh, hey, uh, President Obama.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> and so <Okay>. you right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um I've mean, his wife is black which is <laughs> but uh, but you know, and then what is power? And again you gotta go back to who financed these people to be in office. Mm -hmm. And if we wanted them to do something for else, where were the black dollars that were concerted in, again, it starts with where are individuals spending their money? And after you say where are individuals spending their money, it goes to after individuals have spent their money, what committed businesses are able to use their money to uh, lobby politicians To do community good. We have none of that because we still have Negroes, and I'm sorry to use it that way. We still have people who want to sit down and complain, ah, there's nothing I can do. You know, I I was on another radio program and somebody called in and said, you know, we don't own the airlines, we don't own the power companies, you know, so there's nothing we can do. And my response to that was, well, Koreans don't own the airlines in this country, nor do they own the power companies, but they have been able to organize themselves economically. Um, you look at, again, Chinese, Japanese, Jewish, uh, Latinos. They are able to organize economically, and they're not waiting for their celebrities to do it. They're not waiting for their uh athletes to do it. They're not waiting for... Um, Anything, they do it because every individual buys in. And I'm of the mindset that until you are taking the very basic action, which is the smallest thing you can do by redirecting your dollars to black owned businesses and go, you know, taking the time to find black owned businesses to do it with, then you don't have a voice, uh, to, to, to criticize, uh, the problem uh and you know with that just to shift a little bit um you know we're excited because um with less by buck 365 you know part of the problem that people have said who actually do want to do something is i i don't know where the black owned businesses are i can't find the black owned businesses where are they um and in addition to going to something like the Locks conference where you can connect with um vendors and then also the local business community um with Let's Buy Black 365, you can, you uh, know, in, in uh starting on the 1st, <laughs> it's going to debut the day of the Locks conference. You'll actually be able to download the app for Let's Buy Black 365 where you'll be able to not only find black-owned businesses, um, you can go a step further and, you know, help where people say, well, I would use that business, but I don't know if it's good or not. And you can... Uh, rate and review businesses to help re-instill consumer confidence so we can get over the self-hatred by saying, okay, I've seen that other people said this is a good business. I'm going to try it. Uh, and even beyond that, you know of Black-owned businesses. This is not a static directory uh, or list of businesses that someone sat down and compiled for you. This is designed to be a tool for Economic Empowerment and Black Liberation, where every black person in the country can download this app. And if you find a quality black-owned business that's not in there, you can click Add a Business. You don't have to own it. All you have to know is that it's a black-owned business that you think is worth sharing. And you can put it into the app so that other people can find this this entity so that you, again, we're talking about empowerment how can you be a resource of information for other people? It doesn't take doing some kind of monumental act of activism. Sometimes activism is, just, I mean, most activism is sharing information and resources. So built into the app is the opportunity to share information, share resources. And uh, we're really excited that at the LOX conference, uh next Saturday and Sunday uh in Philadelphia no mama kushaw you got to share the address and and in the website you'll be able to uh do a contest that involves what's By black 365 and the locks conference um and be uh of the first people to get and download and use the app so we definitely want to invite everyone uh to the locks conference and also I want to take this time to give people a phone number uh there's actually a text to join campaign for the let's buy black 365 movement, where you'll get uh, the first preview of uh, a couple of things we have going on. So for anyone who either uh, wants more information, wants to know when the app comes out um, or wants to get involved because yes, it's this whole concept. They're activists doing all different kinds of things. We say, you know, let's not just go to other people's jobs and then come home and do nothing. Let's use our talents to help empower ourselves. So um, if you want to get involved with the movement, if you have technical skills or marketing skills or just you want to go out flyering or anything, you can be a part of the solution. And, and so you can – there's a text-to-join campaign Uh, I'll give the number first, and then I'll tell you what to text to that number. Mm -hmm. So the number is 505. And, again, you're not calling this number. You're just texting it. (laughs) You're texting the area code 505-652-2235. Again, 505-652-2365. And you're going to text TFAA, which is time for an awakening. Uh, uh, Text TFAA, your name, and your email address. And you'll get a, a, you know, special look. And a little incentive for, um, uh, for being a listener for Time for an Awakening. And, uh, and that'll come from, uh, Let's Buy Black 365 and the LOCKS conference. Uh, and then you'll also be able to get a preview of the app. So you'll actually be able to uh, participate in the contest that's happening at the LOCKS conference, which is all about, uh, uh, the whole Let's Buy Black 365 movement and, uh, taking advantage of everything that the conference has to offer.
7: Now, Sister Nataki, when they text at 505-652-2365, uh, then they type in the TFAA? or,
4: or how, how? Yeah,
0: so it's you're going to type in the number like you normally would, mm-hmm. um, and when you put TFAA first and then your name and email address, um, uh, I think the... The day before the conference, they'll get they'll get some general information, um, and and it's a call
11: to action.
7: Good. All right, Your name and email address.
11: Mhm. Okay. Right in the message part.
7: Mhm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you if okay. you can't
11: remember, it's uh
0: this five zero five six L B B three six five.
7: Okay. Yeah, but I wrote the number down, so we'll, me or Rich will say, uh, tell the people again uh, okay. before we leave tonight. Mama, of would give uh give out any information uh, that you want the people to know about the LOX conference upcoming here on October 1st and 2nd over there at Orton Reed?
11: Yes, Orton Reed is 3301 Tasker Street. There's a bus that stops right in front. Um, uh, there's free parking. Um, it's only $10 uh, per day. Children 12 and under is free. Um, that includes uh, all the workshops, the fashion show, the hair show, the live concert, um, the first uh, 50 people each day. We have a, a free swag bag, which has products and um, the resource guide. Um, and also have the contest that's going on. But I wanted to, to get back to your question about leaders. We are all leaders. Um, and when we look at people who, uh, I'm also a Winnie Mandela follower. When we look at people who are not serving black folks, that's because they've swallowed the delusion of inclusion, that they really believe that they're part of the society. You know, they never reversed the Dred Scott case, <laughs> which says that we're not citizens and, and there's no rights that black folks have that white folks have to uphold. Um, and as long as we keep begging them to take care of us, to feed us, to educate us, et cetera, we disrespect ourselves, our ancestors, and we get back how we are treating ourselves. When we start treating ourselves as upright, um, as uh, divine beings, as intelligent beings, the resources that we're giving out to every other ethnic group in the world, we will then start bringing back to ourselves, um, that we are the mothers and fathers of civilizations, and we need to act like that. Um, And we're acting like we're children as opposed to um, adults who are reasonable and thinking. So all of those people who we call politicians that – um, don't serve us, need to be called on it, and we really don't. We call all of the different council people and mayors and governors. We actually call them honorable, which, you know, is it shows a sickness on our part. So it takes us right back to health and what we're eating. And we eat a number of ways. We eat physical food, which you have to be very mindful of because it could be chemical-laced, drugs masquerading as food. We eat uh, spiritual food. We go to these churches and mosques and don't get anything that feeds us, that allows us to um, work on our liberation. We eat the political uh, madness where we don't teach our, our brothers and sisters. We actually used to, we set up, I'll get back to it, we set up public education. We actually used to get together and hire someone to teach our children. We need to go back to that in terms of uh, having um, public education classes if people are going to get into the voting or or participate in any of that madness they need to know what they're participating in remember i said our our biggest challenge is ignorance and lack of knowledge we don't know about our food we don't know about our rights we don't know about loving ourselves we don't know about our heritage that all of that was stolen Malcolm talked about it khalid talked about it um uh, amos wilson talked about it even claude anderson You know, that before we start talking about politicians, we need to do just what uh, Let's Buy Black is talking about, building businesses, being able to hire ourselves, being able to create jobs, being able to do the kinds of things that help us to move forward. That in 22 years, I said we've gone from one day, one room, to having a whole school, to employing children, to employing security. You know, all of this comes out of us working together. doesn't come from uh, sitting around saying, oh, I have to go get a grant somewhere. doesn't come from, oh, the mayor has to help me. It comes from us saying we love our people and we need to be able to show them how uh, eating healthy food will help them. Show them that we have scholars who can teach them correct information as opposed to incorrect information or misinformation. Show them that we have all kinds of business people. We have all kinds of creative people right around us so that um, when we see it and it makes an impression that we can go repeat that, that a lot of times our our children and our people are hopeless because they don't see that. They're inundated with all of the trauma. so they need to be able to see that, hey, yeah, we can do things in a, a uh, clear manner. We can do things in a respectful manner. We can eat food that doesn't make us drowsy but helps to energize us. You know, we can have people... Uh, teach us different things without feeling like we're ignorant. You know, so um, we're all leaders. And then when we stop looking at people who don't look like, who look like us but act like other people, we'll be much better off. Um, I tell people that we spend a lot of time talking about free Mandela and getting rid of apartheid, but North America, we're apartheid north and don't realize it. You know, so when we, we realize that, we'll actually take other steps to. And, and they're baby steps. We take other steps to um, ensure our survival in our life.
7: Mama Kosova, Sister Ntaki, yes, I want to thank both of you for being with us this evening, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you this weekend.
11: All right, all right. Excellent. i
0: happy start. to be you here. Oh, you know, start. let me
11: just give them the, the number in case people have questions oh, that we might not have covered,
0: and the website. Mm-hmm.
11: Okay. Um, The number, if you have further questions, is 215-438-8189. If you leave a message, someone will return the call. And the website is www.locksconference.com. And LOCKS is L-O-C-K-S-C, conference, C-O-N-F-E-R-E-N-C-E, dot com. Um, A lot of information to schedule what's going on um, and what we've been doing so that you can plug into that is all there
7: sounds good to me. Brother Rich?
10: Yes. All I was going to say is that we need to, since this is a apartheid north, we need <laughs> to start a divestment program. We can start in the city of Philadelphia and divest uh-huh. those funds and, and 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 put them into Let's Buy Black 365,
12: uh,
4: place
10: them into the last conference, place them into conscious businesses and owners that you know that not only sell goods and services, but also put back things in our community by supporting, uh, Not well, not, let me not use the word community, put things together for our people to become a community.
11: I say, I say. Mm-hmm. So
10: you say that. And, I, and, and I thank you, sisters, for all that you do. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next weekend and uh, making this live. And in effect, Brother Ellen and I will be there in the place. Anybody wants to come see us or wants to see, hear the voice of Brother Elliot Booker come through. I'm just the bodyguard.
11: Yeah,
12: I'm,
10: I'm driving to the Batman, but I'll be in effect also.
11: Yeah. All right,
10: all right. All right.
7: <laughs> Thank you, sisters, for being with us. We'll yes, be, sir. Thank we'll, you. We'll be right back.
1: to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com.
3: What is in one
7: million brothers and sisters who are tired of the same old rhetoric, the same old leaders, the same old ways of dealing with political and economic empowerment? You realize that nobody's going to save black people but us. If you understand that no existing political party prioritizes the best interests of African Americans as a collective, if you believe that leadership is as leadership does, and this means that the best leaders for the black collective must come from the ranks of those who place and hold the best interests of black people foremost and uttermost, if you understand that black people must develop the mindset and the will to finance their own racial uplift organizational efforts, then get involved with One Million Conscious black voters and contributors, the movement is now. Go to wwIandoneofthemillion.com. That's wwI and You know all the work I did before
4: the other man
14: We're not moving. One half or one percent of the nation's wealth. That's what slavery did to you. It maldistributed everything in the hands of the dominant white society. And as an example, you didn't inquire any wealth since 1860. Let me show you some other indications. In 1860, on the eve of the Civil War, almost 99% of all the black people in America, slave and free, was working for whites, either in a white corporation, in a white business, in some white office, making wealth confident for whites on a plantation or whatever it is. Here you are, 140 years later, and again, 98% of all the black people in America work for whites. They either work in some level of government, white businesses, city government, state government, school teaching. Only 2% of all the blacks in America work in their own communities for themselves. Only 2% work for themselves. You haven't changed in one hundred and forty years. Let me try it another way if you still don't understand my point. On the eve of the Civil War in 1860, again, at that time, going to look at all the prisons in the United States and examine their records, I found out, in the records, when I looked at, in the prisons in Savannah, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New York, um, Uh, Washington, D.C., looked at all the prisons, and I found out at that time, even though only 287,000 blacks were free, blacks made up over 51% of all the prisoners. You weren't even free and you made up 51% of the prisoners. Now I look around 140 years later, today, and I still find black folk make up over 51% of all the prisoners. Where have you changed? You don't own a thing. You're still in prison, still work for other people. You're enjoying a social illusion. Now you're fat and happy because we can go to someone else's restaurant. We can go to someone else's school. We can, we can go to someone else's hotel. We can live in someone else's community. And we don't understand the negative aspects of that that is a death sentence and we don't understand what racism is
12: the movie suggests
15: that
16: negroes vote for in the coming election
15: i wouldn't suggest that they vote for any party or either party uh... i would suggest that the so-called negroes become politically mature realize the power that they hold uh, in the field of politics and then uh... once the person who is running is aware that this man is awakened to the power that he holds then that person who is running will approach that Negro on a more intelligent plane. As it is right now, most of the Negro leaders sell out to the political to the white politicians for crumbs. And uh, an awakening, a political awakening among Negroes will make it impossible for the present uh, Negro leaders to sell our people out as they've been doing in the
16: past. So you do think Negroes should vote?
15: Negroes should do whatever is necessary to bring about a complete solution to their problem. If it, uh, when I say whatever is necessary... Whatever is necessary.
7: Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. I want to thank our guest this evening. Both activists in their own right. Mama, of Sabri of the Locks Conference here in Philadelphia. Twenty-two years going strong and counting. The conference will be this Saturday and Sunday, October the 1st and 2nd at the Orton Reed High School, 12 noon to 9.30 both days, the admissions is $10, children under 12 free. Come on out and and uh, and, and see all the exhibits. Here the, uh the speakers, the workshops, and the entertainment at the Locks Conference. Give Mama Kosoa a call at 253-438-8189. That's 253-438-8189. Brother Reg, interesting discussion this evening with both. Women, uh, wow, I I really enjoyed it. Just sit back and just listening to them talk about their work, talk about the things they're doing. And that's the thing, not not just talking, the things they're doing and asking the people to get involved
10: and help. Yeah, it was uh, a great uh, conversation and dialogue that we had with two dynamic sisters. And I think we need to take note of the things that they stated the questions uh, that begged to be uh answered which they put out a lot of information and we also as brothers we need to start recognizing the women that are doing a lot of mighty things in the benefit and uplift for black folks um i was uh, remiss during the program to mention that you know, we're going to be talking about economics you know, we got to mention James Klingman, mm-hmm. author of Blackonomics. If you want a book to read that talks about a lot of the different things that we, that were spoken about in this program, you need to pick up this book, Black Dollars Matter. Teach your dollars how to make more sense. That's authored by James Klingman. Uh, go purchase the book, read it. There's more things in this book that don't really have to deal with dollars or money it has to deal with a lot of other things that we need to, uh, start having discussion discussions, you know, at home with our buddies, you know, at the, at, at our, at our table, if we're going to eat together in, in general. Uh, what I'll tell you to do is read the book, enjoy the book, learn from it. And last but not least, execute some initiatives that will bring economic empowerment, to fruition for our black people I have the book I'm reading it I'm marking it up and I'm using it as a resource and a guide in different things that I want to accomplish and this is just a tool, these books that we have out there you know, it's a difference, Amos Wilson I have that book also The Blueprint for Black Power Amos Wilson has made transition this brother I'm talking about He's still here. He's still making it happen every week. There's articles that he writes in syndicated black newspapers throughout this country. James Klingman, check out the book, Black Dollars Matter. Teach your dollars how to make more sense. And, and let's take a note from Sister Nataki, and which, which you made the statement during the program earlier. That we need to start sharing information, informing those that don't know, that are ignorant, bringing people up to speed. And it doesn't have to be about us getting paid all the time. It doesn't have to be about, well, if I get this information, then the secret is gone. I'm not going to be the one that has the secret master plan. We need to get rid of those ways of thinking, the vestiges of our oppressors' way of thinking that's been impressed on our mind. We need to change, and uh, we need to do it for our children. If you're doing anything, whether it's individually, you're doing it collectively with some people, you need to have a, some sort of game plan, and the plan needs to be more than two months, three months. You need to have a vision. Sister Koswa has stated seven generations these white folks, when they go out here and plan to come in our communities or come in our places where black folks live, let me correct myself, they're not just out eating and drinking one night and deciding, well, we're going to take over. How are we doing it? They sit down and plan, organize, come together, and this is not only for them. This is how they want their view of community, living spaces, education, and politics look look like for their children when they're not here. We need to start doing things and thinking about what it is that we're going to be leaving for our children, even if you have children, or if you don't have children, or even if the children that are not your children. We need to start thinking in this type of way, because As Mama Coast said, we're definitely at war. Food, water, where you live, your shelter, we're at war. And we're at war with ourselves at times because we don't want to turn off this dog on TV. Sometimes you need to turn off that radio. Sometimes you need to turn off those people that don't mean you no good. That they ain't never did nothing for you. Good. Even in their family we need to cut. We need to start cutting folks off and stop paying so much attention and giving our energy away to folks that don't mean us good. That's people across the street. That's people that are on the same side of the street. That's my commentary for tonight. night.
7: Uh, you know, before we go tonight, I want to play something for the listening audience that we talked about last week, Reg, and, uh, but I do want to uh, reiterate that number that uh, Sister Nataki gave out to download a free preview of the app for Let's Buy Black365.com and also uh, in conjunction with the LOX conference here. I think she mentioned about free gifts or things like that or, or something in reference to uh, uh, the app, also the free preview of the app. You know, we, we should download this, everybody within the. Uh, the uh, preview of our listening voice because a lot of our people and uh, you know some of our young people everybody has these phones now and you see some of our people a small segment of our people playing all types of stuff candy crush and all these games they got a game now with a, a pokemon go pokemon go people walk all out in the middle of the street playing games so let's download this app it's a free app just uh the number she gave it's five oh five five six five two two three six five and in the message area type in tfaa your name and your email and you'll get a lot of the information that uh, the sister talked about this evening and a free preview of the let's buy black 365.com app
10: it's also going to be utilized as a call to action for different events that would be going on so if you want to be in a loop uh press upon uh let audience to uh give that number out again elliot
7: That uh, the text number is 505 652 2365. And in the message area, just type in TFAA, your name and your email address. Before we go this evening, I just want to play. I put it on our Facebook page, uh, Time for Awakening. But we talked last week and we got in a conversation with a lot of our listening audience about the statement that President Obama made in reference to. Uh, black people and his legacy. I want to play for you a message that uh, that Minister Farrakhan gave at uh, Union Temple Baptist Church, uh, which is Reverend Willie Wilson's church, where um, Carl Nelson had the Power Talks, all of the Power Talks, I think, at least the two and three. We were there uh, for Power Talk, too, Reg at uh, Willie Wilson's church, but uh, Minister Farrakhan was at Willie, Wilson, Will, Willie Wilson's church and made reference to the statement that President Obama made, and I just want to play it for our listening audience if they haven't heard it.
16: So you Democrats, you've been in that party a long time. Answer me. What did you get? You got a president. He's worried about his legacy. Well, you want Hillary to get in to protect your legacy because Trump said the minute he get in, he's gonna reverse the Affordable Care Act. Because that's your signature achievement. Mm -hmm. To show you how hateful the enemy is, he hates that you achieved what you did achieve. So he said, I'm going to tear it up when I get in.
2: So he don't want his legacy
16: destroyed. Mr. President, let the man do if he get in what he wants because he's not destroying your legacy. If your legacy is bound up in an Affordable Care Act that only affects a few million people and they're trying to make it really difficult for those of us who signed up, that's not your legacy. But I just want to tell you, Mr. President, you're from Chicago and so am I. I go out in the street with the people. I visited the worst neighborhoods. I talked to the gangs. And while I was out there talking to them, they said, you know, Farrakhan, the president ain't never come. Could you get him to come and look after us? There's your legacy, Mr. President. It's in the street with your suffering people, Mr. President. And if you can't go and see about them, then don't worry about your legacy. Because the white people that you've served so well, they'll preserve your legacy. The hell they will. But you didn't earn your legacy with us. We put you there. You fought for the rights of gay people. You fought for the rights of this people and that people. You fight for Israel. Your people are suffering and dying in the streets. That's where your legacy is. Now you failed to do what should have been done. But it's never too late you like Jimmy Carter can be a better president after you leave the restrictions of your white house (laughs) and come on back to the hood and stop organizing like you did and with your influence all over the world let's make a new and better people and from us if it's Allah's will, we can make a new and better America. Thank you for listening, and may Allah bless you as I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum.
7: I wanted to play that in reference to uh, our conversation last week. Uh, <laughs> I know we'll be talking about this in the future. Brother Reg, any closing comments on uh i don't know whether you heard it when it was on the, the page—
10: I didn't hear it, but I read that President Obama, when he comes out of the office, he's taking his gloves off and he's swinging.
7: Yeah, well, he's, giving,
10: he's going to give some Chicago right hooks and some left uppercuts. Well, it remains he's going to he's going to really do stuff for our folks now that he's out. That's rem- what I read. It remains
7: to be seen. I put a message on the Facebook page in reference to that. It kind of went around made his he's rounds.
10: Your, he's your president. You voted for him twice. I know you, uh, you Okay. No,
7: I voted for him right once. There. I did vote for him once. I didn't vote for him the second time. But you Sweet. know just some like you say. Some just some like Minister say. Firecon says, you know, time will tell. everybody you know the, 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 let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. It won't surprise me if it's more soup the same soup
10: warmed over. Let, let but, me, uh, let, me add, let me put this out there to you. Okay. Oh, right. He might do a few things but don't don't forget with the mortgage flim flam he was doing in Chicago that came out afterwards that was on the back of poor folks
4: oh yeah and our yeah. folks
10: he did that before he became president and he was getting paid all right don't uh think, you know he did that book deal don't think he's not, he's going to do anything to mess up the legacy of money that's going to come into his pockets.
7: Oh, and it's going to be millions. Tens so, of so, millions. so,
10: why would you do anything that would look or show the appearance that you care about black folks from the people that you're going to be getting all this money from? to keep your lifestyle the way that you want it, and for you to feel comfortable. It doesn't make sense to me.
7: Yeah, well, he, he told I'm you. I'm not
10: looking for him to do anything.
7: Well, he told you he's going to take the gloves off. He told you that.
10: Yeah, he might come look for you. <laughs>
7: yeah,
10: right. Or Ralph. Yeah. Ralph talked about him like a dog. <laughs> he might be coming out to look for Ralph in Delaware.
7: Yeah, where is he at, Ralph? You need to call oh.
10: up. To give him a left hook or a right hook. Yeah. Or he might be coming to North Carolina to deal with Scotty Reed.
7: Yeah, well, maybe Ralph will appear at the, uh, at the live broadcast because I know people want to see him and shake his hand, talk to him. And Reg will be there, so, uh, you know, the callers could come down and see him and give him a piece of their mind. They hear him talking on the air. It's a chance that you see him live and give him, tell him how you really feel.
12: <laughs> <laughs>
7: I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. <laughs> lively discussion as always and we'll be back next week lord willing to continue on this path towards an awakening uh, lord willing the next broadcast you hear will be broadcasting from the locks conference in philadelphia so we'll talk to you then peace
4: if you're driving through the country on a lazy afternoon you watching your children playing after school